Welcome to the Seller Roundtable e-commerce coaching and business strategies with Andy Arnott and Amy Wees. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Andy Arnott with Amy Wees. This is Seller Roundtable number 105. We have Jeff Schick on deck, aka the Amazon Legal Ninja uh, trademark. Jeff, welcome. Thank you so much for being with us. It's awesome to have you back again. And uh, what, we, what we'd like to start with is a little bit about you. We want to know, you know, we just called you the Amazon Legal Ninja. You got to back that up with some cred, some nunchucks, some throwing stars, you know, something. So we'd love to, love to hear a little bit more about you. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Um, do I take the stage now? Yeah, absolutely. It's your turn. Oh, Tell right. us. Crab. All right. So well, where do I begin? Well, you know, so a lot of people may not know this about me, but I actually started as a seller on Amazon back in 2011. So on June 11th, which is just one month from today, it'll be my 10 year anniversary of being on the Amazon platform. So, <laughs> so yeah, so I'm really familiar with it. it you know, it's, uh, it's something that's near and dear to me. I've been, you know, on Amazon for, you know, nearly 10 years now. And I've been a seller, I've been on Vendor Central, and then now I've been as an attorney. So, uh, you know, we've, I've gotten to see it from multiple angles, and it's been cool to watch the evolution of how Amazon's grown. And, um, and so that really was key for us to start our legal practice. You know, we've got uh, over at Seller Basics, we've got a team of three attorneys and one former seller performance representative. So, you know, we, everyone on our team has something special to do with either small business or Amazon. So, you know, that's, uh, I'll tell you a little bit about our team in a little bit, but it's, uh, but it's cool. And I look forward to talking to you guys today. So. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on. So one of the things I love to add, well, I'm going to love to ask in the beginning here is there must be like one issue or one problem that you get people coming to you over and over again. You know, you probably, there's probably a top three, but, uh, you know, what are, what are the kind of the, the top three issues that people come to you, uh, with, uh, having problems with Amazon? So it, a lot of it has to do with intellectual property. And that's why having an attorney handle things that are IP related is so incredibly important because we have people that come to us with design patent or utility patent issues. They didn't know that a, a product that's available on Alibaba can't legally be sold in the United States because somebody else has a design patent or utility patent on it. That's, that happens on a weekly basis. We have sellers on pretty much a daily basis coming to us with trademark issues where you know, they bought a product, they, you know, that's either copyright infringing or trademark infringing. And it's, you know, someone, you know, someone else's product or name, and then they, they're hit with that. So trademark infringement, really important. And then of course, what happened, you know, the one that everyone fears the most, which is account suspensions. So that really the top three things, and they're all interrelated because IP related account suspensions are the most common suspension. So really, um, really understanding when sourcing, what you know and i know amy has done an incredible job of getting the information out there a lot of you know not a lot of people in the space do do that and so i do appreciate that for amy but letting you know educating sellers on what you know those you know what is a patent what is a trademark and what is a copyright those are three crucial elements that sellers need to know about um or else they're going to be facing a lot of you know pain financial pain most likely you know when it comes to running their business and then also just the emotional pain of you know, launching a product and then having it end up in their basement, never to be sold again. So, um, so that's, that's that. Awesome. So, um, 
one of the things that I've, I've seen a lot of, and now I'm also experiencing, experiencing it myself, which is extremely frustrating. So, you know, I moved from, from Northern California to Idaho. And so I changed legal entities, bank accounts, all that stuff. And I'm like literally for weeks now trying to get on the phone with Amazon. I get the overseas, you know, team that won't do anything. Um, they got rid of the captive team, like getting anybody on the phone now on Amazon who actually knows what they're doing. And I'm sorry if you're from Amazon listening to this, but it, it, it's just the experience. And so no ripping on, on the Amazon folk. I know a lot of you are, 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 are hard workers, great people. Uh, but in terms of, you know, a lot of the overseas team and stuff like that, it's really, really hard because a lot of them are not trained. It's not their fault but it's been extremely frustrating. Um, any, are, are you, are you seeing a lot of that in terms of like any tips for like changing legal identity bank info? I, we get that question all the time in our Facebook group. Um, you know, any, any ways to kind of overcome those hurdles? Well, a lot of that can be done self-service. So um, reaching out to Amazon seller support is kind of the first step down a, down a really, you know, painful ending because they're just <laughs> going to tell you, like they're not going to, they're either going to tell you that they've done it and they really haven't, or they're going to tell you information that may or may not be accurate, or they're just going to send you the step-by-step instructions. And then if you don't follow them, then sellers assume that it's been done and then it really hasn't. So that's, it's really crucial that sellers realize the place of seller support and don't reach out to them for things that they are not trained or even able to help you with. So, so a lot of it, you know, so, you know, if you need to update your legal entity, you'd go through the tax interview. Now that may trigger an account verification. So before you ever hit that update tax information button, you want to make sure you have your ducks in a row in case they come asking. So that means utility bills, proof of residential address, you know, address, business address, all that stuff. You want to have it ready to go because the last thing you want to be doing is, you know, thinking you've got it, pushing the button, updating everything, and then getting that verification email from Amazon and then realizing that it was, you know, oh, that utility bill is for an apartment I had two years ago and I never realized that I never disconnected electric service. And that's a whole nother issue that people find out about and have to deal with. But, you know, that's, uh, so there's that. I say, you know, just doing your due diligence, but not relying on anything Amazon tells you because nothing they say can be used to help you, but anything they say can be used, that you say can be used against you. So that's- yeah. uh, yeah, it's frustrating too, because yeah, I, I made sure all my ducks in a row, went through the tax interview, updated my bank account. To this day, I'm still getting the kickback of the thing saying I need to verify my account. I've called, called three times and it's still not resolved. And I'm just like, this is why, you know, I, I hate to do it, but you know, I'm, I'm a realist when it comes to, you know, I'm not one of those people who's going to tell you Amazon's all rosy because I want everybody to know the frustrations. I mean, that's why honestly, every day I, I'm less bullish on Amazon because, they are now catering to, uh, you know, the, the, the big brands that have, you know, the legal teams and, you know, the, the, the huge teams, the, the thrashios of the world that have all these connections where, you know, they can pencil whip stuff and then the small mom and pop people are, are really, are really hurting. So that's a, a little bit of a, of a frustration. Uh, but I, I guess, Jeff, that's where you come in. You know, we don't need the, the big legal, legal team. We can come to you uh, and, and hopefully you can pencil whip some stuff for us, right? Right. And that's actually something interesting. Uh, we've dealt, you know, I've dealt with brands, you know, obviously we deal with sellers every day. And so most of our clients are small sellers, you know, mom and pop, you know, one to five employee sellers, I'd say is probably the large majority of who we work with. But of course, we do have some clients that are in the, you know, the bigger ranks too. Um, and what seems, you know, is what's counterintuitive to a lot of like, we have one brand we work with, it's a billion dollar consumer products brand. 
And what's counterintuitive to their team when they first hired us on was that they were working with a law firm out of New York City that is, you know, like everyone from my law school class was just like, if you got a job offer from them, you were, you know, they, in their minds, they were set for life. You know, it's one of those law firms where this people, the associates started $195,000 a year. And so, you know, they're paying, you know, they're charging probably $1,000 an hour for legal fees about Amazon. And they don't even know what they're talking about when it comes to Amazon. And so, you know, a great example is our, our client, billion dollar company can easily afford, you know, this bill. But what happened is their product got recalled and it was recalled in July. Uh, this is in 2018. And so it was recalled in July of 2018. They went through, they hired this law firm in New York City. They paid them probably a hundred grand, did not get reinstated. They met me in, I want to say November, um, but going through all their corporate purchasing stuff, they didn't get they didn't get the okay for the RFP to actually hire our firm until January 2nd of 2019. Uh, we had their product reinstated in two weeks. They'd pay, they paid us a total of 4,800 bucks and they'd paid the other lawyer like 20 times more than what they paid us because they were really upset that they'd paid this other lawyer all this money and all the guy kept doing was sending Amazon letters saying, we're gonna sue you, we're gonna sue you. Not even thinking about the arbitration clause, which makes that impossible. So of course, Amazon was just filing those away as soon as they came in. Then you know their response to "we're going to sue you" is okay. Then sue us. Like they really don't care. You know, like right? Right. You sign you sign the terms of service as soon as that product went up on Amazon. That pretty much protects Amazon. You know, <laughs> most of the protections on their side. That's a good point, though, because. I run into, I get clients that come to me who have worked with these major, mostly marketing companies who are like, oh yeah, we do Amazon and the stuff they chart, you know, the, uh, I'm not going to drop any names, so, but some major, major companies that are even in the Amazon space that I, I look at this stuff and I'm like, wow, like some of these big companies are just so clueless because they don't feel like they need to know it. Right. So if you don't know, if you're hiring somebody as an expert and you don't even know like how to judge that, that work, like it's impossible for, for them to know. So that's an, a really interesting point. Um, I, I see that a lot in the Amazon space, which is, which is, which is pretty interesting, but it is great that, you know, people have access uh, to somebody like you who is an expert in terms of, you know, it's one thing to say like, oh yeah, you know, I, I sold on Amazon. You're like, oh really? Like for how long? Oh, like six months. And I, you know, they got like a fidget spinner or they caught some wave that they like sold for a little bit. Now they're like the expert. Right. And it's funny because I've sold about the same amount of time as you, Jeff. I think I got into it right around the same time, 2011, 12. Um, yeah. So I've been in the game for a really long time too. And there's ebbs and flows and, you know, joyous times and, and just, you know, wrenching your teeth time, which I'm sure you experienced a lot of as well. Right. Uh, but it's good to be in those trenches. I mean, I still have my account open. I I'm, I'm probably going to sell it off or, or just, you know, I, I've been pairing off uh, SKUs like crazy, uh, but I want to stay with, you know, stay in the Amazon game just so that I know the frustrations and, you know, what's going on there. Because I feel like if you're, you know, if you're like a master chef and you're not cooking anymore, guess what? You're, you're not going to be a master chef anymore, right? Like you have to be in the kitchen cooking and getting your hand burned on the pot to like stay in the game, right? So um, I, I love that. I love that you're, you know, you've, you've seen so many things. So if somebody comes to you, you've already seen these issues before where a lot of, like you said, these major law firms probably don't even know what you're, you know, half these people are talking about, like a GTINX exemption. What is that? Oh, like, you they know, don't even know what an is. <laughs> exactly. Like, you know, a lot of them, exactly. So that, that's, that's super interesting. So 
on to, I told you I was going to ask some selfish, selfish questions today. So um, you know, if you don't know, rebatejet.com is, is one of our software platforms. Uh, we, we do rebates, discounts, um, also some other really neat stuff that are in the works. But you know, we always keep seeing people saying like, oh, if you use rebates, you're going to get your account banned. You know, you're going to get in big trouble. You know, I, I heard the same thing back when launches, you know, were, were before they were against terms of service, you know. So I would love your, your, to, to get your feedback on rebates. You know, if you think that rebates are an acceptable thing to do when launching a new product, when trying to, you know, uh, get some more sales on a stale product, you know, in your view, are they within terms of service? Have you seen, you know, if you've seen anybody get in trouble for those rebates, you know, what are, you know, what did they get in trouble for? I would love to get the feedback on that. So I don't think there's anything inherently wrong, wrong with rebates. It's really no different than going to Publix or HEB and buying, you know, you know, Coca-Cola and then, you know, sending in the bottle caps for a refund, a rebate, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Where, where I see people usually get in trouble when it comes to any sort of launch strategy is the, I, I think they're called, it's not, I mean, I know what a mini chat flow is. It's, it's a mini chat flow that's connected to like a special URL that sends somebody back to the review your product page for that specific order. Um, Amy, do you know what I'm talking about? Do you know what that's called? That, that, that. It's like that, the, the follow-up. It's the follow-up flow. And then also the search find buy. Is that what you're talking about? Like search find buy and then the. Not, it's not the search find buy, but it's the, uh, it's the flow. It's the, it's when you click the button within the mini chat to take you directly to where you go to review. Right. So I can't remember. What, I think it might be called a super URL, but I'm not sure. So um, super URL is, is still on the launch side, but yeah, it, it, I mean, I mean, Correct me if I'm wrong. If you've heard anything different, Amy, but from what I know, it's just a, a it's a it's a follow up review message that sort of implies that they're you know they're supposed to leave a review. That the wording isn't like you know it's your option. It's like hey, time to leave a review. You know, like where it's right. misleading. So is yes. that kind of what you're exactly? Well, so any sort of like when you send somebody back to Amazon like that is where people get in trouble because when you think about it heuristically and you you know looking at it from Amazon, they they run on heuristics. So what is typical consumer behavior? Typical consumer behavior is not that they're on some random website and then all of a sudden get directed directly. You know, they think, oh, I'm gonna go leave a product review for that product I just bought. So I'm gonna type in the exact URL on Amazon of how to get to it. That just doesn't happen. Like that's never like, unless you've got like a tech nerd that's leaving a review, that's the only person that's gonna do that. And sorry, that's gonna screw you up as a seller <laughs> that they do that to you. but. But realistically, if you're sending a bunch of traffic and they're all clicking this link to go to the review your product page and find your order right away, that's not natural. It doesn't happen naturally. So when you're doing any sort of launch strategy, you have to think what happens naturally and what happens unnaturally. And you want to stay on the side of things that are natural, because if you're choosing unnatural things, that's what Amazon bots are going to flag as, hey, this is a problem here. So... That's uh, so I don't think there's anything wrong with rebates. It's just the follow up afterwards. You have to be careful that you're not doing, you know, those. Yeah, absolutely. So like, yeah, that is, that's the biggest, one of the biggest misconceptions I see. Number one, you can't offer, so you could, you know, technically you could do up to hundred percent rebate, but then you cannot offer money on top of that or it, not even money, but anything of value. You know, you can't say like, Hey, leave us a review and we'll send you something in the mail or you'll get a free coaching session or you'll get a free, you know, there cannot be anything of value tacked on top of that rebate. So that's one thing to be really uh, cognizant of. The other thing is, is 100% rebate. I mean, technically you could do that, but once again, 
uh, like Jeff was saying, is, is you have to look at what's natural, right? If Amazon's seen a ton of 100% rebates come through, that might, you know, that might raise a, a little flag for them. Now, not to say that, you know, if you do a small volume of them, that's, you know, to me, um, you know, you know, natural looking, you know, you, you, there's a lot of massive companies that give away product or that discount products highly in the beginning just to get their name out there to get known. And like Jeff was saying, a lot of local stores will do that. So once again, I mean, it's a lot of common sense, right, Jeff? Me, you know, being is like, okay, does this seem like I'm gaming the system, right? And, and right. if the answer is, is a question, then, you know, you might want to dig into it a little bit more um, or be a little bit more uh, uh, reserved on in terms of how much product you're pushing through those rebates, through those discounts, all those kinds of things. Once again, also, it's natural traffic, right? So when you're launching, you don't want to just do rebates. You want to do ads. You want to do Facebook. You want to do PPC. You want to do all these things. And then Amazon goes, oh, awesome. Like this guy's sending a ton of free traffic to Amazon. They're buying this product, but then they're adding the diapers or the and Amazon loves that. So if you guys do it in a natural way, and when you launch, you know, you think of, you know, what would Amazon do if you if you see that you're going to give both, you know, if it's a win-win for both parties, then you're probably going to be okay. Um, but that's a great, you know, I'm, I'm super glad that you cleared that up, Jeff, because there's so many people who are like, oh, if you use rebates, you're going to get, you know, man, it's like, no, like it's, if you use, if, you, if you're giving away a thousand things for free, then yeah, you're probably going to get into trouble. Right. But if you're using, you know, if you're doing like 10 to maybe even 30, you know, depending I on the volume. I love rebates and I, I still recommend them as um, just one source of traffic at lunchtime. It's one source of your sales. It's a great way to give a sales boost. I think where people get into trouble is whenever they try to tack on, oh, well, let me try to get reviews on top of that with these. I mean, why would you even risk it? Like use it as additional sales. Don't worry about using it for reviews. If you don't combine rebates and reviews, you're going to be in great shape. You know, it's yep. going to be awesome. So, so yeah. And, and so another misconception is, is that if you give a rebate that you can't uh, request a review, that's absolutely also not true. You can request a review. It just cannot be worded in a way that, that says that it's, you know, a, uh, in exchange, right, in exchange or yeah. an expectation. You can say, Hey, if you like, you know, or actually, no, that's a bad example. You could say, Hey, we would love if you left us a review. That's it. Like there's no implication there of like, Hey, if you liked it, go leave a review, you know, like you can't use that type of verbiage. You have to say, Hey, we would love, we're a small business. We would love if you leave us a review. That's it. Like, you right. know, just be really, really careful with your, and you can't say a positive review. You can't, you couldn't even say a negative review, right? Because what if you're somebody who like, you know, buys 10 of your competitors products, put it, puts it on a rebate platform or something like or a Facebook group. And then you go tell those people to leave five, you know, negative reviews. So, you know, you, once again, there's a lot of common sense that you have to use there. Um, in terms of rebates, discounts, you know, even, even, you know, when you're hiring somebody to push your product on TikTok or whatever, just make sure that they are well-versed on, you know, kind of what you expect and, and, you know, what to do and not to do. Rolling into now, Jeff, you talked a little bit about uh, search, find, buy. There was a, there's also a ton of debate on search, find, buy, whether that is, uh, you know, manipulation. I would love your feedback on that because I know my opinion, but I want to hear yours first. <laughs> So search, find, buy. <laughs> um, I don't know that there's a world that search, find, buy exists that it's not manipulation if there's some sort of financial incentive tied to it. So if you're telling somebody to go to Amazon and search for this term and then buy your product and then you give them a rebate, I think that they have a prima facie case right there for, for rank manipulation. 
If you're just telling them, hey, we really want you to buy our product and this is the best way to find it, there's no rebate involved, I think you're probably a little bit safer. It's still in the gray area, um, you know, but it's, it's, you know, it's safer than having the rebate as well or, you know, any other sort of reimbursement. And I was going to also say one thing about rebates. Um, I don't know if rebate yet. Do you all do it by PayPal or by check? Or is it by check. We've avoided PayPal because there's so much, uh, you know, contradictory information there. And not only that, but like, you know, we want it to be as natural as possible and as above board as possible. To me, once you bring PayPal in and, and there's a lot of rebate companies that are doing like, you know, five days and we'll give you like, no, like we want our, we, we want a legitimate shopper and a legitimate seller, right? And so like, we don't cut checks either till 35 days later, which on some of the shoppers who are used to maybe some of these, these other platforms, you know, they get frustrated with that. I'm like, hey, look, like, no, we're not going to let people that are going to come scam our sellers onto our platform. We also make them, you know, verify their cell phone. Like we really want to protect, like I said, both sides because I'm, I'm a seller myself. Once again, that's why I'm the, you know, the, the chef in the kitchen. Like I know what it's like to get scammed on, uh, you know, on with using discounts and promos and things like that. So, you know, we feel like we're super above board there. So yeah, we're, as of right now, we're only doing checks. We're thinking about PayPal for overseas when we expand to like UK and things like that, but uh, we're going slow and I'm trying to research as much, much as possible on that because uh, we want to make sure that we, you know, keep our sellers as safe as possible. Smart. Yeah, no, that, that's smart. I was going to say, cause um, the rebates that I've like with the companies where they actually go back on Amazon and issue a refund into the customer order. That's one of the more riskier ones because that's where Amazon then starts to investigate. Why do you have this high percentage of you know customers being refunded? So the rebate jet taking it off Amazon for the re rebate is at least a good, you know, safe, safer for sellers. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, yeah, we're, we're trying to keep it as safe as possible. It's not as convenient for the, the shoppers, of course, but, you know, we feel like it's a nice balance between, you know, the, sh the, the shoppers and the seller. So uh, I'm, I'm awesome. I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear that we were all on the, you know, on the, on the free and clear there, because there are a lot of other rebate companies and rebate services that are doing some shady stuff. Uh, like I said, uh, I got burned early on with my other company that I grew to a, a fairly uh, large clip and then got burned by the Amazon change of uh, terms of service. I never liked the discount for reviews, but it was what everyone was doing. Uh, but once again, I, I, you know, it's one of those things where if you just use some common sense and, and some, you know, uh, just think about like as a seller or a shopper, you know, what would, what would I be frustrated with or what would I think is a little bit shady? I think if you st stick with that, then you, you're going to be all good. Sounds good. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in to part one of this episode. Join us every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for live Q&A and bonus content after the recording at sellerroundtable.com. Sponsored by the ultimate software tool for Amazon sales and growth, sellerseo.com and amazingathome.com.